0: Welcome to the About Us podcast. It's obviously a podcast about us, about the people we don't talk about, about artists, writers, passionate people, and Coptic people. I firmly believe the fact that you don't need to be Oprah to be someone. It used to be called the Wednesday Women series, it used to be a series on YouTube, but now it's a podcast. And I'm your host, Maria Magdalena Lotfi.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to the about us podcast. Today our podcast is about a crazy talented painter artist iconographer George McCary. I had the pleasure and honor to speak with George who is a very chill guy. By chill I mean serene, a serene person. I interviewed him by phone a while ago pre-corona time but I had some technical issues and you know the corona just messed up with everyone's plans. In this interview, you can tell George is super passionate about what he does and he speaks about his art on many levels, especially artistically and spiritually. He's very knowledgeable about the different types of art and the way he gets inspired is very impressive. I remember discovering him on social media randomly and I'm glad I did. His art spoke to me so much, I had to get a painting from him, so this is how the idea of interviewing him came to me after getting my icon of St. Moses the Strong, which is by the way, so beautiful. And I know his art also speaks to other people. Anyway, here's a really interesting conversation about art, spirituality, culture, and more. Enjoy!
0: So hi George, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. Um, thank you for doing this and no for words. your time. So I wanted to know more about you and your art uh, because I'm a fan of it. And <laughs> and I thought, why not share it with um, other people? Um, introduce yourself. Uh, who are you? Uh, what are you doing currently? Are you studying, working?
2: So I am a fine arts student, full time. Um, I study at OCAD University in Toronto. I was born in Toronto, raised in Toronto, um, lived in Texas for, for a little bit and came back to study. Most of my work focuses on painting um, and producing gallery work um, and sort of just the ideas that bounce around that kind of field.
0: When did it start? When did the art, the passion, the when did you start uh, drawing or painting and how did it come to you?
2: Um, I've always been painting um, as a child and growing up as a kid, drawing and painting was always a passion of mine, um, but it didn't really turn into something concrete or more of a career until uh, basically the last minute um, of doing my university applications. It, it was more of just a hobby for me until I realized I couldn't see myself doing anything else. So it's been something I've grown up doing um, always, but... Uh, it wasn't until recently that I that I realized that's what I wanted to pursue.
0: Was there anyone uh, around you doing the same thing? And like, or, like in your family or in your circle of friends? Like, uh, was I don't know. Yeah. Was it a subject occurring uh, at home to talk about arts or not? Um.
2: Not really. My grandmother was uh, an art teacher uh, when she was in Cairo. Um, But other than that, I didn't have any other family members who were artists per se, but most were very interested in the arts um, uh, in general. Um, My uncle used to follow um, art movements happening in Egypt and would give me newspaper clippings of them and stuff. But but it wasn't really a very artistic family.
0: Okay. So uh, when you told your parents, like, this is the path you want to... Uh, you know, follow. Were they supportive? Was it difficult? Was there any challenges um, regarding that?
2: Um, They were supportive, but of course, um, understandably, there were some concerns, primarily what I would be doing after art school and where my trajectory for my career would go after that. But I think what what made things a little easier was having a plan A, plan B, and plan C. As opposed to just going into three fine arts for the sake of you know following dreams um and so it, it was a little there was a lot of skepticism in the beginning um as there should be it is a very competitive field um but as a whole they've seen my passion and my drive throughout the years and i guess they understood that it was just something that i couldn't resist um doing for the rest of my life.
0: Uh, Are there other challenges or do you feel like, what are the misconceptions about being an artist? Do you feel misunderstood at times?
2: I think the biggest misconception is that because I enjoy it, it's something that's easy. Um, It is something that is difficult. It is something that is very competitive, very time consuming and exhausting. Um, It being something I enjoy makes it a lot easier for sure. Um, But, again, it is a very competitive program, Um, you are basically surrounded by the best of the best at all times, Um, and so it's just a constant effort of not only proving your work to be the best, but proving yourself also to be um, competent in the very thing that you see yourself um, good at. And it is also difficult to be in a field where um, not a lot of people um, are and I'm fortunate to have one other close friend who's also in the field with me. Um, but besides that, there's a lot of things that you would have to work out on your own. There's not much precedent of people in your community who've done it before and not much who come after. Um, so a lot of it is you doing things on your own and working out things on your own and, and things like that.
0: When you uh, say community, are you talking about church community like the Coptic community?
2: Yeah, yeah, the Coptic community.
0: How? What is the like? How has been the response from that the Coptic community? Like, is the misunderstanding part from them more, or, or on the contrary, like surprisingly, no, they're actually open about it.
2: It's been quite all over the place and quite interesting, actually. Um, for the most part, people are supportive, um, and people really relish the idea of doing something out of the ordinary and that you love of course lots of concerns come up lots of uh, you know are you sure you want to do this are you sure this will feed your kids are you sure this is what you want to do kind of questions Um, a lot of oh that's it there's nothing else kind of thing but for the most part people people are more interested i guess in the fact that it's being done as opposed to um, the what ifs surrounding the career nothing nothing uh, extremely negative, to be honest. Um, just a lot of skepticism again.
0: <laughs> but if we go back to the misconception that people say, like they think it's easy because you, you're they see you doing it and they see you enjoy it. Um, I I I have had this misconception too about like my work and my writing and all that. And I think when when people uh, hear arts, they think it's just easy in general. It's not like being a doctor. It's not like being, you know, in sciences or something like that. And so I just wonder how have you accepted that people think this way and, like, and not let it, not hurt you, but, you know, like, uh, affect you in any way? Or or do you try to educate people in some ways?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk. It's a discussion I have a lot, basically, um, like what my career and my studies entail and what the challenges are. Um, it's, a, it's a question that I get a lot of people ask, you know, what does it look like to be in art school? What kind of structure do you follow? What's the hardest part? And, and so it's a discussion I have a lot. Um, and I guess what's made it easier is just the simple fact that I guess it's like this with most careers. Um, I wouldn't understand what um, the challenges are Um uh, very specifically for a doctor or for a law student or things like that, just by the virtue of not being in their programs. Um, so I take it as the same thing for other people. And I guess that the fact that people are willing to foster that kind of discussion is a little encouraging. Um, you know, it just shows that it's not only, Oh, like he's doing what he loves. It's, it must be easy kind of thing, but people are, are genuinely interested to see how, um, something that, irregular for a career choice or a study choice um is being fully panned out
0: let's talk about like your painting techniques and your and the type of art you do um i know there's like the uh if we can call it the secular art and then the (laughs) more like the icons and the you know faith related paintings um but i want to know like more the names like is it acrylic painting is it like oil i don't know i'm not really familiar with all that so and then also how many years does it take to master that or is it a lifetime you know process
2: Mm -hmm. um i think for every artist every painter every sort of creative individual it's always going to be a lifetime of development um it never ends and i guess that's what keeps an artist hooked on you know producing work is just that like never being satiated by the work you're creating but always wanting to excel and perfect um which i guess is kind of a reflection of christian lifestyle in and of itself so it's a very interesting um mirroring of, of two components of the artist himself or herself um i've been painting icons for about 10 years um i learned iconography 10 years ago under one of the students of isaac Ferus. um her name is sam Gergis. she's also in Toronto here um, I've been painting icons uh, since yeah since twenty eleven. I paint them in egg tempera, um, so that's a traditional method where I would make the paint from scratch. I would take pigment and mix it with egg yolk and vinegar. Um, when it comes to my schoolwork um, and and secular work, I paint mostly on oil or in oil on wood. Um, although I'll do a lot of watercolor as well. Um, both are very different. Um, in in idea Um, although it does become very difficult to divorce divorce the two stylistically Um, just because I'm always working on both at the same time so of course little bits of both will merge into each other um, subconsciously. The weight of my interest is actually in iconography, and that's what I find most of my fulfillment in as an artist. However, secular, my secular work does allow me to touch on social issues that I find important to me and the community, the Coptic community. Um, and so that's what I've been trying to, I guess, increase my scope with a little bit more through OCAD and through my university education
0: do you want to use this as do you want to turn this into activism kind of or like social activism
2: um i i don't think i would call it social activism as much as i would just see it as as a vehicle for education within okay. the community as, as as a a visual way to just touch on issues that are are neglected or that are not spoken about or that are developing in this new diasporic context. um, I think there's a lot of issues that make us our own kind of community, um, different and isolated from the motherland. And I think fine arts, like we we are a a culture and a history um, that has always thrived on preserving ourselves through the arts. And so I think it's very important to continue that. That uh, legacy of art and use of art, um, and to be able to make it into something practical and and uh, almost anthropological in a sense, um, this sort of self preservation and and the, making our our identity concrete through something that lasts through our history.
0: And how do you get inspired, uh, whether it's iconography or uh, the more secular art? Um, is it like well I guess you just mentioned it like our, our culture and you know our faith but is it like what's a typical um drawing day for you um or not drawing sorry painting like when when you start a painting do you but that's why I said drawing also because like I was thinking do you sketch first and then you paint
2: yes everything I do I sketch first um with icons I will sketch on the board directly and paint from there. Whereas with my oil paintings or watercolors, I will make several sketches first on separate paper and then paint directly onto the board um, without a sketch. A typical drawing or painting day, um, I with icons, I will just sit in front of my easel for as many consecutive hours as I can. I like to work at night the best. Um, and when it comes to school i have a lot of six hour studio classes so i'll find myself working at school from six to nine hours consecutively on paintings um and and basically just i i am a quick worker so a lot of times i will be completing paintings within those time frames um, i also hardly revisit a painting once i've completed it even if there's something i'm not fully satisfied with i will just I'll move on to the next you know instead of Reworking and overworking um, my work.
0: Uh, why nighttime? Is it because like it's calm and no one's disturbing you, or?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's just the quietest, um, you know, and everything is just uh, calm and, and composed. I guess so. the best time to focus. <laughs>
0: So I think you tackled it a little, um, but like your the best and the least best parts of like your job and what you do and, and, you know, your passion.
2: Um, I think the best parts obviously are are that it is something that I enjoy doing. But uh, like on the other hand of that, I guess the worst part of that is when you do what you love doing so much that it drains you. And you need to do something else a little bit for a change to get some fresh air. I think also the competitive nature of this field um, can be very exhausting.
0: But do you still find a community uh, within artists?
2: Um, I do among iconographers, um, but not as much with just Coptic painters per se. Um, There aren't many of them especially in the diaspora and none at least that are, are formally being educated in the subject
0: just taking a small break to let you know that you can follow George McCary on Instagram he has two accounts one for his fine art and another one for his icons so the first account is g-m-a-k-a-r-y a-r-t so it's at g mccary art and the second account is at coptic icons c-o-p-t-i-c-i-c-o-n-s and you can also check out his website at copticicon.com thank you and enjoy the rest of the podcast if anyone wants to follow a similar path to yours what advice would you give them
3: I think definitely having backup plans is important and not putting all your eggs in one basket. Um, I definitely also think it's a career where you'd need to accept that it may need extensions or alterations and sometimes even do a little more than just fine arts, at least in the beginning. Um, and that any concerns that people might raise against the pursuit of such a career are from genuine concern, you know, because it's a very competitive field. So being aware ultimately that this is all for the glory of God, um, often mitigates like any personal challenges, um, that might come up in pursuing, um, a field like this.
0: Is there a spiritual process while working on your art? What's the balance between spirituality and art as you're working on a piece?
3: When it comes to painting icons, um, a large part of that is essentially reflecting on the subjects being painted themselves. And so there has to be this sort of synergy between the iconographer and the image he's painting. Um, the icon is in and of itself a visual expression of the incarnation. So when the iconographer paints an icon, an icon, he is reaffirming the incarnation, and he like participates with Christ in it. So the process becomes a theological act um, and almost liturgical in a sense. Each icon is a liturgy or liturgical performance of the iconographer's understanding of the Church's rites, theology, dogma, spirituality, and so forth. So the process is very personal and requires a lot of attention, um, but on the other hand, with the fine arts practice, it's more of an individualistic expression. So instead of mirroring Christ, I'm holistically, holistically approaching issues that I feel um, need to be tackled, uh, especially in a broader sense. So whereas I would usually work in complete silence while painting icons, my paintings may be driven by a wide variety of music and emotion, and it's a lot freer. So it's more of a reflection of myself as a person as opposed to a reflection of myself as a person in Christ or my faith or, um, you know, it's, it's more cultural.
0: Is it difficult to separate culture and religion since God created you as a creator?
3: Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, Christ informs any creative act that I pursue, whether it be icons, painting, writing, singing, or whatever. He informs all of it. Just because he's a creator, and in my act of creating, I am mirroring that act of creation itself. So even if it's not an icon and it's just a regular painting, I imitate Christ as a creator in its own sense. Um, so while the emphasis might not be on something spiritual, it is intrinsically a spiritual process in my own self-realization and understanding what I am in Christ and what I attempt to mirror that is godly or divine behavior.
0: How do you see yourself in five years?
3: Uh, I'd hopefully like to, hopefully like to be in grad school. Um, I would eventually like to be a professor of some sort teaching in a field or institution of fine arts. So I would definitely see myself in grad school studying for that. Um, I would definitely continue painting icons, but I can see my secular work changing exponentially with the research that I would conduct.
0: Are there other options than being a professor for young artists?
3: Yeah, there's there's all sorts of things. Um, most people in my field end up just being full-time gallery artists, so they'll graduate and work in collaboration with galleries to sell their work um, and split mar- the profit margins 50-50 with them. Um, Again, though, that part of the field is very competitive Um, and so a lot of people will go and do curatorial work for those galleries. Um, Or they'll be curators for museums and other art institutions, instructors, teachers, or they'll work in graphic design, illustration, you know, designing album covers, magazines, books, fashion. Um, You also have medical illustrators, art therapists, researchers, academics, and art historians, advertisement. It's just a big field. Uh, You know, there's a lot of avenues you can take based on how traditional or your work may tend to be
0: let's talk about your piece a mother's trophy that one had an impact on me and i loved it so much what inspired you to paint it
3: uh the piece like most of my work was prompted by discussions and discourses on identity politics in my studies and i was exploring dichotomies between glory and suffering joy and pain and how the perception of those dichotomies vary greatly among various cultures So there's a lot of symbolism infused into the painting, such as allusions to imagery of John the Baptist, for instance, Um, you know, and the head of the young man in the painting is in a basket as opposed to a platter, and the mother pours out of this jug um, blood into the Nile, and the letters formed by the blood spell, spell out, our love pours out for you like the blood that you drain from us. So she's basically feeding the Nile with the blood of the Copts, sort of as a fertilization of Egypt itself. Um, I think it was Tertullian who said the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, you know So you have this woman whose dead pale and beheaded son is slumped behind her But she takes that deadness and uses it to give life not only to Egypt but to Christian Egypt and its Copts and and that life-giving blood that she boldly pours into the Nile is a testimony to her son's head that she reverently reverently holds um, over her own head, you know as a symbol of victory and glory The piece was also an exploration of how Copts see martyrdom, not as persecution as much as it is the building and expansion of the church beyond earth and into heaven itself. So she's dressed in black and she's mourning and everything like she is human. But her her participation in the glory of her son's martyrdom is almost like a testimony of her intimate and new participation with the divine and how the church acts as a community that joins her in that participation as well.
0: I see some Arabic in your piece. Do you know how to read and write Arabic?
3: Uh, Arabic comes up in all of my pieces, but I actually don't know how to read and write. Um, I can speak it fluently, but I have friends and family who translate for me, and I'll take their translation and I'll restyle them into Kufic, which is basically this uh, medieval Arabic font. Um, And then I'll incorporate that text into my pieces in a way that just works best uh, compositionally.
0: Have you thought of incorporating the Coptic language as well?
3: Yeah, the Coptic language comes up a lot. Um, the reason I do u- use Arabic is a lot of my work deals with themes of decolonization and the reversal of roles throughout history. So I take elements that are reflective of colonization and I'll repurpose them to emphasize Coptic identity itself. So I'll take the Arabic language and I'll use it to drive forward ideas of Coptic you know, nationalism or identity or indigeneity and so forth. So Coptic language comes up a lot more in my watercolor pieces. Um... And of course, I limit my text to Coptic when it comes to my icons. Um, But I find it interesting to be able to use Arabic for non-Arab ideas in my secular work.
0: What about English for people who don't speak either Arabic or Coptic? Do you fear that using Arabic or Coptic might attract less people to check out your art?
3: Um, It's a question that comes up a lot in my studies, actually, and it is something that I'm still sorting out. I incorporate English into my icons of course if the church or client requests it for the sake of clarity or whatever. But when it comes to my secular pieces, I find that not having everything translated and read, readily available gives a little room for mystery and exploration for the viewer and it gives some space for like inquisition. Um so a lot of time a lot of the time this pe- these pieces will usually have like descriptions and gallery tags and on those tags I'll include translations. Um, but I've always felt that translating the text in the piece might reduce the experience of the viewer um, and the participation and construction of responses that the pieces might elicit from those viewers. So I kind of try to preserve like this barrier for visual interest, um, but that might be prone to adjustments as my work develops.
0: Fun questions now. Number one, name two to three careers you'd pursue instead of art.
3: Uh, Before applying to art, I was very interested in applying to law, Um, and if not law, I probably would have gone into either Coptic studies or psychology.
0: What is Coptology for people who don't know? Uh,
3: Just Coptic studies in general, so Coptic anthropology or archaeology or linguistics, history, anything related to that. Again, it would have been an academic field, so I would have gone in with the intentions of being uh, like a professor.
0: But I think you still use cryptology and research in your art, right? In some way?
3: Um, absolutely. My work is, is super dependent on research. And I'm currently beginning to work as a research assistant at the Coptic Museum here in Toronto. Um, and I'm expecting to see a lot more of that research come up um, as I move forward into something more academic, like like grad school. So I do let I get a little bit of that. Um, yeah, but for other careers, I think like I would have found something like I would have found satisfaction in something that is socially oriented or or in the humanities.
0: Favorite quote or bible verse?
3: Um one bible verse that's always stuck out to me is Matthew 11:12. Um the kingdom of heaven suffers much violence and the violent take it by by force. Um it just resonated a lot when I first heard it and it's something that's always been motivational for me.
0: Three things you do on a rainy day?
3: Uh, painting for sure, and watching movies and reading.
0: Any hidden talent?
3: Uh, I do write a lot, and I enjoy it very much, um, although I'm not sure I'm good at it.
0: What kind of writing?
3: Anything from research to meditations to poetry. Like It's, it's just another way for me to express myself.
0: Have you ever thought of mixing your art with your writing?
3: I've recently started to incorporate poetry into my work Um, the last five or six pieces all had some sort of form of poetry embedded into them.
0: Your favorite painter or painting or iconographer?
3: My favorite iconography would undoubtedly be um, the late Dr. Isaac Hanus. I think his work is brilliant and was you know pivotal in the history of Coptic art and was revolutionary for the Coptic community itself so he's definitely underrated among the Coptic community um, and I actually think he's of the same caliber as Roger Muftah and Habib Gerges and Pope Krullus all in their respective fields you know so they revived hymns and theology and monasticism and you know he revived the art of the church which is I think of equal importance if we're looking at iconography as something liturgical as for painters, I'm in love with the work of uh, the first generation of modern Egyptian painters. So Raghib Ayyad, Mahmoud Mokhtar, and Mahmoud Said are all uh, big inspirations to me.
0: Favorite movie or book or both? Uh,
3: the artist in me wants to say The Prince of Egypt. Um, it's just a movie I can watch like over and over and over without getting bored of it you know it's just a masterpiece from every aspect
0: are you reading anything currently
3: Uh, i finished a silent the silent patriarch um about a month ago um by abuna daniel fanus i would definitely recommend it um it's a really good quarantine read um it's just a combination of his of populous's letters biography and like some really poetic commentary from abuna daniel um very very lovely book and i would hope to see more books um that are similar to come out
0: favorite childhood memory
3: favorite childhood memory i i guess spending time with my aunt um she was always very supportive of my endeavors and had always pushed me to be creative and to read and to try new things and and to always learn as much as i could about myself and what makes me who i am as a person Um, She died of cancer about a year ago, but spending time with her was very crucial to who I am today. And and I think she drives a lot of what I do now.
0: Do you feel like you can be hard on yourself or perfectionist? Do you have this inner critic that makes you always want to change something in your work and tweak it and make it better?
3: Uh, all the time. I am described a lot by my colleagues as uh, a painter's painter. And I guess I can almost live by that at this point. Of course, I paint icons like, for their spiritual use and for like their intended use. But in terms of the process, I enjoy the process as much as I do the finished project product. And so I usually tend to do what's most satisfying for me, technically speaking, even if the results are not what all audiences might perceive as attractive. Um, But yeah, when I finish a piece, I almost never revisit it. You know, once the piece is done, I just find it difficult to modify it um, for fear of overdoing it, um, you know, and and overworking it. So I'll just move on to the next icon.
0: Favorite country, region, city or place you love?
3: I haven't been to a lot of countries, but my happy place is definitely um, St. Mary and St. Moses Abbey in Texas. Um, I used to live in Texas for a bit so i that place was a bit accessible to me and i would go a lot um and i'm sure like a lot of coptic youth can agree that it's it's a place worth spending time in
0: do you have any intercessors and who are they
3: yeah saint moses and saint paisa would both be my patron saints
0: favorite food
3: um i'm not actually a picky eater so i'll eat literally anything (laughs) Um, but I love Italian food and I love like home-cooked Egyptian food. Um, those two things are, are something that I've always loved.
0: Favorite music?
3: Favorite music. I love, love, love Fayruz and Umm Kalsoom and Abdel Halim and, and all those classics. I listen to them when I work, when I read, when I do whatever. Like they're very, yeah, I, I love them.
0: Do you feel like you were born in the wrong generation? and that you're nostalgic of the past?
3: Yeah, I think it would have been cool to live in the 80s or 90s or something. Um, I think a lot of the things that I love and that I'm interested in were just a lot more appreciated um, back then. It's just the, you know, the, the environment
0: that's it. That's all the questions I had. Thank you so much for your time, George. And hopefully, uh, we'll have another interview, uh, like a follow up and see, you know, where you're at in grad school and how you've evolved. Good luck in everything you do.
3: Absolutely. I, I look forward to it. And, and thank you so much for, for interviewing me.
0: We hope you liked this episode. If you liked it, please uh, give it a thumbs up and a comment. Give us your feedback. And if you have any suggestions, uh, let us know in the comments. Uh, Thank you and see you soon for another episode at the About Us podcast. Bye.